Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Freezing cold outside. Every time I walk in, Rupert Bartia says to me, is it really cold outside? And I, in my naivety, because I literally come out, get in the car and arrive here and get it. I went, no, it's not that cold. <laughs> he said he thought it was cold because he'd been out a few uh, few hours ago. I said, well, there you go. But uh, we did have a bit of excitement this morning. I come out. I'd heard, I'd heard a noise outside on the street. And, uh, and I'm always very wary. You know, you walk out early hours of the morning. So I come out. The car's always there. And, um, and in, in the entrance to where I live, there's a car and there's two blokes. And they appeared to be having a tussle on the pavement. OK, that's what it appeared to me. So I'm putting the rubbish out. I've amassed a lot of rubbish. So I put the rubbish in the bin. And then one of them turns and looks at me. And I'm thinking, uh-oh. Uh-oh, I'm not sure about this. So anyway, I sort of, you know, lifted up the bin to show, look, I'm doing rubbish, da-la-la-la, put the rubbish in the bin. And he then proceeds to try to bundle this other bloke in the car. Now, I thought it was a minicab, and they'd stop there to go to the bank to get some money to pay the minicab. No, no, no. One of them was driving it. He could not stand up. So I get in my car, and my driver is on the phone to the police. Now, to be honest with you, and we, we were having a chat about this on the way in. When the police say, hello, and you're calling... And the, the police repeat your number to you. Like, you know it's my number. It's come up on your screen. You don't need to tell me what my number is. And you feel like saying, listen, there are these two blokes who are so drunk. He said they came around the corner. They mounted the curb. The car is spewing forth with, you know, smoke and steam and everything else. Um, so it's not actually working, the car. But they're so drunk... This bloke falls out of the car. The other one tries to lift him back up to push him back inside. So we're, he, he's on the phone to the police saying they're here. He gives them the, the area and uh, everything else. And then we sort of drove off. But we didn't know. He said they, they just missed me. He said, so I reversed back. Because if they were actually driving, you know, then there could be serious damage done to cars up and down Heathrow and places like that. So, um, so, the, the, so the problem is how long after we called the police... Did they arrive? Answer, we don't know. Because we had to drive off and leave them, attempting to get in the car. When we drove off, the one who was so drunk he couldn't stand up was actually behind the wheel of the car. And you think to yourself, these loonies are out there, but the car is broken. He, he said, I don't think it'll go very far. But you just want it. The police station is round the corner, less than 500 feet. As opposed to the person on the end of the phone going, so right, and your name is? And they hit your car? No, they didn't. I tell you what, why don't you just send somebody out there and then we'll deal with this paperwork issue afterwards? Because it wastes time. It's like a bank robbery. The bank robbery is in process at the moment. OK, can you see how many people are involved? The bank robbery is taking place. Just send somebody round here and we'll deal with the, with the finer points later. So uh, I've yet to discover whether or not they've, uh, they've trashed half the cars in, in Twickenham. It'd be interesting to see if, if the police did turn up or if they go, well, I don't know, it's early in the morning, can't really be gone. There's only a couple of drunks getting in a car, isn't it? Anyway, being uh, Thursday, nice to have your company. I trust you. Well, God, it's so hot in this studio this morning. You know, outside, you know, lag yourself. I, did, I was going to wear a scarf and then I changed my mind over it. So I came au naturel. And uh, tell him about the studio. And it was 32 degrees when we walked in here. It better drop by the time Nick Ferrari gets in because he'll have a seizure, I suspect. But Alan Dodgen's come back with us, Hello. which is very nice. I'm, tr I'm trying to make... Somebody's fiddled about with the screen in here and they've made it very dark. So, no, you, in here, it's, it's... Come and have a look. It's, it's, it's dark and it needs lightening up a bit. I've been in a police car chase. 
Yes, but you were the one being chased. Were that, you not? That is true. That is true. No, no, no. I saw a drunk driver. Oh, right. And I called the police, and I decided to follow the car up. This is several years ago. It's like right. on a Christmas Eve. Oh, And I followed okay. the car up, and I thought, you know, if the car is still, you know, or maybe I've misseen or something, like the driver wasn't drunk. But no, he was driving, hitting cars on either side of the oh, road. Oh, goodness. So the police sort of said, you know, just keep a distance and just well, well, tell us where you're going. So, of course, I'm doing all the whole... The registration is November, blah, 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 and all this. Oh, did you have turning... to do that? No, no, I didn't have to. I just thought I would. <laughs> turning left onto, oh, no, what was it? South on onto such and such a street. And then the policeman's going on the phone. He's going, um, how fast are you going? He'll go, ten miles an hour. Oh, dear. Well, it's, but the trouble fast. is you do see these uh, people out there and they get behind the wheel of cars. Mm. And they shouldn't be. I mean, these two well, no, are drunk. But they could not stand up. They absolutely couldn't stand... I was, I was so horrified by, by the fact that... Um, but my, my curiosity got the better of me. I really wanted to go back and to sit there and see how far they were going to go. If they were even going to drive the car. Well, he was behind the wheel. They'd driven it in. It was whether they got any further. I'm assuming, because one of them had a backpack on, that his friend had said, oh, I'll, I'll drive you home. And, that, and that's when I thought there is the danger out there. Because we all see it. If you drive in London you know, over any period of time, you're going to see drunk drivers. Yes, you're going to see people and you think, do you have a licence? Mm. Have you actually got a licence? It's not right, is it? No, man. Not being much luck with this, I'm afraid. It's not <laughs> like you have technical issues. Well, I don't normally have technical no, issues. No. Normally I don't, but it is particularly dark this morning, this one. Anyway, so Alan's here on a Thursday. Uh, we did watch yesterday Dale Farm. We watched a pack of liars saying that the police were using brutality, which, of course, is just blatant lies. The police didn't do anything at all. They stood there. The first missiles came from inside Dale Farm, from the illegal people and from the... Uh, Can you just clarify something for me on mm. this? Because they keep on going on about how they're losing their homes, they've got nowhere to live. I thought they'd all been offered extra places to go or something. Uh, they have been told where to go. You've got this stupid oh, yes, woman who appeared on all woman? the... Well, she's a professional anarchist. She's exposed today in the Daily Mail as uh, somebody who turns up to these gigs trying to pretend she's part of the travelling community, holding the crucifix. Well, what's the point of the crucifix? I don't get it. Well, because she's a drama queen. Oh, That's right. what she is. Okay. And, uh, in fact, most of the anarchists in there that they asked her, they said they wish she'd, she'd go away because she's really a pain. You know, she doesn't have anything because, to do because with Because a lot of the protesters... turns up. A lot of protesters who actually don't live there... Aren't they like public school boys or something? They are, a lot of them are, are fairly well healed. <laughs> yes. Fairly well healed. Got nothing else to do or something. Oh, God. I'd leave it like this. Should we worry about it later? Looks better. Yeah, it does look slightly... No, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> buying that at all. It looks exactly it's the same. Fine. Yeah, all right. Well, I can't see it very well, but she's <laughs> practically pitched. I can't see anything. Alan, come here. It is practically pitch black. I don't think we need to mess around with it anymore. We'll sort of... Look, I just look. want to get to that. How, 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 just how, get we to just it. move down. You, you don't. You press up and down there, don't you? There. No. No, no, that's on oh, the... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. See, that's what you do. Oh. So you go down one. Oh, then and then you press what? enter. Just, just... Which is that one. Yeah. yeah. Or is it that one? It's that one, yeah. Yeah. Then you oh, go yeah. down. Brightness. Then press enter again. Make, make, you, just right. make it very, very bright. Mm. Bear, bear with us at home. We're having a bit of trouble with this one, eh? It's got to be one of these not two. Not making any difference. Oh, hang on. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you Say thank you. Alan has saved the day. Alan has saved the day. And you can have a Kit Kat. Thank you. There you go. Oh, that was good. Okay. Right, we're all happy now. Now, how, right, how, how, how do I actually get rid of it? Oh, then you press exit. <laughs> which, is, which is the exit bit. So you then come out of it. Lots like of vibration that. in the studio there. this morning, I've noticed. That's and move on. And that. that. And then enter. No. There. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh I've got that bit again. again. Exit, there you go. Okay, lovely. God, dear. There's loads of vibration in this studio. I've noticed some of the microphones are vibrating very badly today. So you might hear a little bit of bass coming through. 
But uh, bear with us. Bear with us, everybody. It's nice to have you company this morning. Welcome to Thursday. Thank you for your texts and emails. We did watch Dale Farm. I did watch it on the television. We predicted yesterday morning it would kick off quicker. And I, I was saying to our reporter down there, who must have been in on it, because I said, why don't they just distract them all at the front and just come in round the back? And that's exactly what they did. They went in round the back, which is where the uh, the anarchists and the protesters weren't expecting them. Then, of course, you've got the usual... Uh, they were throwing, at one point, bottles of urine at oh. the police. Now, to be honest with you, I saw the police twice use a taser, and I thought, well, if I was a police officer and somebody's throwing bricks at you, you're going to taser them. 28 arrests, I think, at the end of the day. And, uh, and then a lot of people telling lies about, oh, they nearly broke this woman's back. They did no such thing at all. Listen, for people who are illegal, they're very good at pointing the finger, but not very good at having it pointed back at them. Well, what's the situation now, then? Are they, are they situation is the police and uh, Basil and Council have gained control of the site. Is anybody left there still um, holed up or something? No, well, there are so many legal people there. And then there are the illegals at the back, the people who just tack onto it, who shouldn't be there at all. But has everybody m- been moved on now? Uh, I think there is still a presence down there, and there are still probably... Because they actually at one point set fire to caravans, and they yes, did a, the usual sort of stupid thing that people like that do. But it's this woman on the front, this, uh, they say, a crucifix held high. She's a drama queen of the First Order, I'm afraid. But she's exposed today in the, uh, in the mail. She's quite clearly an attention seeker. Made a good photo, though. Made a very good photo, as she knew. Uh, lots of people screaming. A lot of the anarchists who had put these bicycle things round their necks and chained themselves. The, the travellers, of course, just stood back and had a good old laugh at everybody because uh, they weren't getting involved. So this is Minty Chalice. Uh, Minty Chalice, her real name is Donna Berry. She's a professional anarchist and uh, she grew up on the streets of Notting Hill in the 70s. And uh, she's just an attention seeker. She's, she's just a bit sad and pathetic. And uh, she calls herself Minty Militant Charmer Chalice. She started going there three years ago, claims she's directly related to some of the travellers. Uh, she's not. Where do these people get the money to just do this well, and she's not a, I don't do know. anything else? Well, they had a masked protester. I mean, all these people were doing were looking for trouble. They were looking to attack the police. Luckily, the police went in mob-handed. You're not messing around with us. You know, we're not going to stand for it. And they had some of the travellers going, the police said it was going to be peaceful. Well, the people who started throwing were the people inside the compound. Police didn't do anything. They just waited. The moment somebody started throwing, that was when it all went out the window and they sorted it out very quickly. Mm. You know, the majority of the... I mean, had all the travellers got involved, there would have been, I should imagine, in excess of 500 travellers down there, but they all stood back, all the legal ones, and just let the illegals get on with it, who stood there, you know, and did the fake crying for the... The moment a television camera appeared, uh, we had all that kind of rubbish. You've never seen anything like it. It was the worst case of acting I've ever seen since Central Casting closed in America. (laughs) (laughs) It was really (laughs) dreadful. But uh, at least it's been cleared up. So that's good news. Proving... All I kept saying to the television was, listen... You're there illegally. What is it about the word illegal you don't understand? Well, exactly. And some of them were saying in the past, well, nobody else is using it. Yeah. Like, that makes it OK. There was one man who borders the site, and he very bravely, thank you, went on, and went on television. Since this thing started, they've thrown bricks over into his land, beer car, uh, casks and stuff like that. Yesterday they were shouting obscenities at him. They're not, not very nice people, and that's why they're illegal, and that's why, you know... The, the police and Basil and Council did what all right-thinking people would do. You clear out the illegals. I couldn't care less what, where they... I couldn't care less what, where they come from, what colour they are. I'm not interested. There could be a bunch of gay brownies, as far as I'm concerned. What I'm concerned about is they're breaking the law. They've done it for years. It should have been done years ago. We finally cleared them out. Couldn't care less now. 
I feel a lot better about it. Good. Got it off off your your chest. chest. And it does make all the papers this morning. Quarter past five. These are the headlines. Critics say the government's panicked by bringing forward to Monday a vote by MPs on whether to stage a referendum on Britain's future in the European Union. The debate was scheduled for next Thursday, but has been changed so both the Foreign Secretary and the Prime Minister can attend. After riot police cleared protesters, bailiffs are waiting for first light to begin the big clear-up at the illegal Dale Farm Traveller site in Essex. There were violent scenes yesterday when officers moved in, some armed with taser guns. 23 people have been arrested. And on the first full day of the Queen's visit to Australia, a bit of controversy. The Australian Prime Minister has refused to curtsy when she met the Queen. Julia Gillard said it was an option and she felt more comfortable shaking Her Majesty's hand. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning, all. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Um, I'm listening live today, says Paul. Yes, he is. He's listening live. Yes, he is. From the Hinge and Bracket website. And he says, uh, I will switch off when you start on steps. Though I saw them seven times before they split. He's got a confession to you. Really? He won't, he won't, he, he's asked me to tell you. Right. Because he won't say it. Right. He's going to see them. Oh, it's not, is it? Yeah, I did sorry. ask the question the other sorry. day when it was announced that steps were getting back together again. And, uh, and to be honest, I mean, I'm, I'm ex- exactly the same as you, Paul. I mean, I only do it on the programme because I just think you have to do it. It's like somebody wrote to me saying, aren't, aren't you really thrilled that Westlife are splitting up after all their NAF cover versions? And, uh, and my answer is no, I'm not. I like Westlife and they haven't done a cover version for God knows how long. In fact, their new single is a Gary Barlow single. I must be honest, I thought they split up ages ago. No, they just don't... They Do don't anything. Tour a lot. Do anything. They don't... They're not all the time on the road. Well, exactly. But, I mean, you know... They it, couldn't have been nicer. When they came in, she'll tell you, you know, sometimes groups can be really sort of bit arsy. Yeah. Bit and a little bit diva-esque. They were absolutely charming. You know, they could not have been... She was... She rushed out immediately and started getting the album. She but, wasn't a okay, huge how long fan. ago are we talking about? Then, oh, this in? was less than a year. Yeah, less than a year And what ago. were they doing then? Why did they come in? What were they promoting? They had an album out. Right. What, a new one? Yes. Really? Oh, yes, the album's good. Is it? <laughs> Certainly is. Any covers on it? No. Oh, it's all new stuff? New stuff. Right. So M- it's obviously done really well, which is why they're, they're splitting up. Well, I th- to be honest with you, I think they've actually... They've had 14 number ones. Yeah, they've done well. They've sold 44 million albums in a career, and they were really nice and charming. I mean, they they really were. Apart from that, they were sickeningly good-looking. I mean, I hate it when you get good-looking. You know, I, I can cope with one in the group. Well, they've matured, be. haven't they? That's why. Yeah. You do look better as you get older. Well, you do. Don't look at me like that. You do. <laughs> I don't. You do. You I lost look- weight. Well, yeah, but I don't look better now I've got older. I think you do. I do? Yeah. Oh, you're the only Why one. Why's Amanda laughing? Nobody, well, exactly. <laughs> nobody else says that. <laughs> nobody else says that. But it's... But it, it... I mean, some people say you do... As you get older, you, you start liking yourself. I've always liked myself, so it makes no difference to me. I mean, I look in the mirror. I don't see a, an unattractive person. I, I don't see a person my age, put it that way. I have to say... Paul, um, he sent me a card for my birthday with photos of me from different ages. This will be the first of about exactly 15 references to the birthday. The birthday that yeah. you missed. Yeah. Well, we didn't remember. get invited. You... It's not a case of we missed. You, you didn't get invited at Paul's house. I invited you. You did not I, so. I, you sat next to me and I said, this is my birthday next week. Are you coming? No, you didn't. And you just totally yes. ignored me. And I said, where is it? And, went, mm. and, you set fire and that was the, that. Because you set fire to the Christmas pudding. Yes. <laughs> It was very good, the Christmas pudding. That was that uh, Heston Blumenthal Christmas pudding. So you're not bothered by Westlife splitting? Not really, no. Are, are you bothered by steps getting back together? 
Uh, I mean, join the TV programme, that's about it. See, I haven't seen the TV programme. It's just a bit I of can't fun. imagine why it would be remotely interesting, sort of, you know, them talking about things that they didn't talk about ten years ago. It's, it's such a PR stunt. It's just hilarious. Well, it's that's very clever. They've it. managed to get a number one album and they haven't recorded anything. <laughs> they've never <laughs> gone back in the studio. Is their concert sold out yet? Because it know. will be. I'm sure it will be. I can't believe that Paul saw them live. Were they in concert then, Paul? Had, had they done concerts before? I've seen them live in the past. I don't think they've sung live in their life. Well, obviously not. Well, I don't know about that. I but they've mimed. I've seen them perform on stage. Yeah. And they moved live. Yeah, well, because it's not possible, as you know, to dance and do all this five, six, seven, eight... And I mean, dance routines aren't that complicated. They're not what... They're not it doesn't matter physical. whether they're complicated. It's like a physical workout. But they're not that physical. If you think about it, they're, all their dance moves are just more upper body and hand movements. Well, I find it quite exhausting sitting here doing things like that in the studio. Because I've learnt to sort of dance <laughs> yes, you know, right. in the studio. <laughs> it's, I think it's quite tough. Madonna, we were saying, had to go on a workout every day to prepare herself for a concert. Steps, do not do Madonna routines. Are they really silly little They're things? They're silly little things that kids can follow. Right. So you see the kids in, the, in you know, when you go to, I like, parties H was incredibly it. irritating. But the kids have, kids have sort of grown up. That's what we're sort of saying. You know, how old will their audience be? Uh, our age. Our age? Yeah, 24. 24-ish. Yeah, 24-ish. <clears throat> yeah, I think. Uh, uh, but Paul says, perhaps you and Alan can do a steps medley. Yeah, oh, grief. No. Then it would be a tragedy, wouldn't it? Oh, I see what you did that. Yeah. Very good, very good. Over on Coach Trip, I've missed out a little bit. I have to tell you, because there's somebody caught... Noreen says to me, there's... Is it Noreen who wrote this? Somebody else wrote uh, in about uh, who's actually on Coach Trip and a TV presenter called Andrea. Now, I've got... Oh, it's Andrea Boardman. Oh, right. Oh, Stan Boardman. Oh, you know, the Germans. That's all his favourite... He did the German outfit, did he? His whole act, I cannot repeat on this programme, but it was all about a certain plane, which we all know, and he made his career on the back of it. And Andrea Boardman, a TV presenter. I found it bad enough turning on the television the other day, and there was Katie, somebody who used to be a Blue Peter presenter, who went off with Trey Farley. I think she was married, and he might have been married or might not be. And they, and, and they sort of got together, and they were doing an advert on Lorraine. Oh, you're great. You're wonderful. Oh, I like you. Oh, I can't believe... No. Oh, good grief. You're lovely, aren't you? Oh, crick. And that's all she does throughout the whole blooming programme. It drives you mad. It really is. Everything is a big surprise to her. So we're going to cook this. No. It really is. It's like your favourite wizened old aunt who's on the television who's gone completely round the potty. The best show I've been watching, which I've unfortunately just finished, was The Great British Bake Off. Did you not watch that? I hated it. How can you hate it? I hate it. A lot of overweight, fat people and Mel and Sue. But honestly, they showed Sue you... Sue Perkins, I love to pieces. Mel Gidroch, I wish somebody would Oh, forget the presenters. Forget the presenters. Out. But the lady, Mary... Who, uh, Mary uh, Berry. Oh, she was wonderful. Oh, Mary Berry was a regular on my programme for years. Oh, she's a fabulous cook. Oh, amazing. Yeah. But um, aren't you a bit bored with cooking programmes on the television? Yes, which is why I enjoyed this one. Because, because this was one baking. was baking. You know what they're going to do now? Everywhere... All around the country, they're making new baking programmes because they're going, we don't want to see cooking food. I mean, if I see another programme with Gino DeCampo in, I'm throwing the television out. If I see another programme with one of these male chefs who claims they can make some food differently, yeah. I'm sick to death of that. All of them. Gordon, yeah. Jamie, the, the boring, boring, boring. Mary, back to basics. Let's just make Well, she meringue. does what, what the British do, and my mum did, and your mum probably did, and her yeah. mum. They bake. Yes. Nobody can bake now. Nobody can bake. And I'm fed up with all these programs. Well, let's l lose all the calories. No, stick the caster sugar in it. 
she won't eat croissant anymore ever since she discovered that a croissant is the most fattening thing. They, they showed a programme on the television where they make them in a boulangerie in Ill. Paris. They use equal amounts of flour and butter. Yes, yes. The, the butter content is staggering. You should never, ever... And on one of these cookery programmes, what have they got at the beginning? It's a picture of a croissant. Yeah. It's, and you think, are you stupid? Don't ever eat croissant. Mary made them on the programme. Yes. Oh, did you see the squirrel? Did you talk about the squirrel on air? We mentioned the squirrel, Oh, yeah. you did mention the squirrel. I didn't want to make such a big deal about it. Well, it was... A- quite a big squirrel. It was quite a big squirrel, actually, <laughs> yes. It was, it was a big squirrel. It featured as they were, <laughs> were doing the cooking. But anyway, that's another thing. So, over on Celebrity Coach Trip, Dear It. I can't get into it, sorry. Really, it's hilarious, if only for the two handbags that know Jordan. I mean, they really oh, are. Oh, are they on it? Yes, the two, oh. two boring ones. And they've also got... Uh, they, they, they got rid of Michael Barrymore and uh, uh, Morris Leonard... They've gone. They got rid of John McCrick and the booby. Thank God for that. I'd have thrown them out straight away. Uh, they, they didn't last at all. No, nobody likes them. And now, and um, then, um, Lizzie and Emma backed out because they, they, they were going to vote two two men off, and it it all sort of came to a a bit of a head. What do they win? Because obviously, nothing. under normal series, they get a holiday, even though they've just been on a holiday. On well, that they were all on a fee. Yeah, so That's what, why the handbags have done it. Well, what's the winner's going to get on this one, then? Well, you, you just get to stay on the coach longer than anybody else. I mean, all it means is that it's people who aren't working. <laughs> I'm sorry. So the celebrities, the winning celebrities just get to stay on the coach to the end? Well, you don't crown the winner of Celebrity Coach Trip, but of course they aren't celebrities, that's the trouble. But is there money to charity or something? No, no, I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know, never thought about that bit. We'll have to wait and find it. It'll be a surprise Ooh, at the, the end. Oh, the tension, I can't wait. Yeah. But they've got Lizzie Cundy on there. I mean, you know, what, what, what is so delusional about these poor old creatures is, is the fact that they actually think that they're a celebrity. The two handbags seriously believe that they're a celebrity, which is so funny because they're the most boring twosome you've ever met in your entire life. I've never met two such dull people. You know, I mean, you wouldn't want to be on a programme with Michael Barrymore because he's a bit manic at the best of times. Yeah, but he'd have good stories to tell you. Well, he, he, was, he was a little bit over the top, whereas Lizzie Cundy was just, 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 just naff, I'm afraid. Uh, one here. Uh, my pregnant girlfriend has started having contractions, says Darren in Crouch End. We're listening to your show before we go to the hospital. Her name's Emma Kirby. Don't, don't have it now, for God's sake. I don't want this responsibility You're on the back. setting bu- her off? So I'm not trying try not to say anything at all. Oh, good grief. I mean, I mean, I love the idea my pregnant girlfriend is having contractions. I'd be more worried <laughs> if she wasn't pregnant. Yes. And she's having contractions. <laughs> so just, just get her to the hospital, OK? Quick, quick as possible. And uh, don't hold your breath for the police, Steve. We rang at 7pm on a Monday uh, as three yobs walking on the road smashing cars. They reached the end of the road at 8.51. They smashed over 20. Police rang me on the Thursday, explained they'd been busy and asked me what the problem was. In my police chase, the police told me to take a covert position when the guy pulled over in his car. So I ended up standing in somebody's garden, looking through a hedge, watching him try to get out of his car, waiting for the police to arrive. Well, you should have seen these two. The, these two blokes this morning couldn't stand up. But the police station is literally round the corner. It's, it, it couldn't be closer. Uh, is it in the air, Steve? I saw a bad accident between two cars in Woodford whilst driving to work, says Kev. And then a car through a shop window and clapped him whilst driving out to the round. He, del- he delivers milk. Milko, milko. This all happened in the same day? Yeah. Yes. Mind you, some people spot things like that. I mean, I'm, I'm very good at spotting things. And I did think, you know, when, when they looked at me as I was putting the rubbish out, I'm trying to go, la, 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 rubbish, rubbish, look, I'm putting rubbish out. I'm not coming around to clonk you on the head or anything like that. <laughs> Much as I did you fear. You were scared, actually. I was a little bit scared, exactly. Uh, I'll never understand why we joined the EU, yet we don't want the euro as currency. I don't mind it. I think the notes are quite uh, quite pretty, quite nice. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. And the time now, 5.30.
Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast on LBC. Actually, we were going to talk to um, Nathan Morley, but he did say he was in Brussels this week. But he hasn't emailed a number, so um, we can't. So unless he actually sends one over very shortly, we're a little bit up a gum tree, Alan. Yes. So, uh, he actually did message us when we were at um, Paul's party the other night, saying, get a drink ready. I'm thinking, are you in the country? Did he? Who did he message? Me. Oh. Do you remember anything about this night? I actually mm. told you. I've... Were you there? Well, I was about to say, were you there? <laughs> Physically, if not mentally, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, over on the coach trip, so we've got Stan Boardman, a real blast from the past, his daughter Andrea, famous for... Anything? Something. She used to be on children's television, Andrea Boardman. Hasn't everybody been on children's TV? They have, actually. But she doesn't look any different. She looks exactly the same. Uh, over at Come Dine With Me, the eternal worry to us all, the dancer's name of Rafe Beju. Ooh. Rafe is a little bit of a worry to everybody. He really is the eternal numpty. He really is here. And unfortunately, after finding that none of his several properties were available to use yet again, he cadged a flat belonging to a friend. So far, he's used Mummy and Daddy's flat. Uh, we're all assuming that poor Rafe Beju lives in a bedsit. Probably with some very expensive clothes, but not threepence to rub together. And uh, anyway, uh, we didn't have a strange friend helping him cook, but this time we had his girlfriend, Samantha which was lovely. Uh, again, sharp intake of breath. Uh, he had pea soup with sweetbreads, but he didn't have any sweetbreads. Sorry, what's this on? <laughs> this is this coach trip again? Come dine with me. Oh, this is on come dine with me? Yes. How do we go from that to come dine with me so quickly? Well, because they're, they're, they're both running something. back to back. You've oh, got right. celebrity coach trip and then the celebrity come dine with me. Oh, so he's been on it several times now, has he? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They're, 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 this is all the ones who were a disaster first time round. Oh, they put them back together? They put them back together again. So you've got Bobby Davro, you've got Wayne Sleep, you've got Leslie Joseph. Right. And you've got Rafe Beju, who'll turn up quite clearly for the opening of a fridge. That's why I like Wayne Sleep. Yes, he spent it, yes, but anyway. Fillet of beef, despite being fried several times, was raw, and the garden surprise served alongside with a snail. Hang on, how can you, you, you can't call, <laughs> it doesn't matter if the beef is raw, that's just blue, isn't it? Yeah, but Rafe, Rafe can't do anything for himself, he's a complete waste of space. Oh, okay. He's, he's, you know, he has, remember, if you saw him on the original one, he has um, a little friend called, but you see, everybody wanted it medium. Oh, I, oh, I see, so okay. He, so he actually went around and get, hang on, hang on, hang on. And they went. Uh, <laughs> sorry, you've never seen him like it. I mean, he's, he's so so drippy. It's an embarrassment to everybody. I'd love to meet his parents and find out exactly what they're uh, what they're. You like. just sound like that guy in Big Brother at the moment who I can't understand a blooming word of. Is anybody watching? But you must be the only one watching Big Brother. I only did it by accident. Yeah. I had to rewind it three times to try and work out what you're saying. <laughs> uh, Paul says in the last two tours I saw at Wembley of Steps, they sang live over the actual singles. <laughs> He says, this time, I think it'll be all live. I bet it isn't. No. He says, I will keep you updated. I'm sure Alan can sort out some uh, some backstage tickets for me. Oh, don't ask. Stop asking. <laughs> As he said, he can. He can't. No, I, I have never admitted that. No. Can you do backstage passes? No. I would never admit that. No. And he says, you look better now that you're more mature. Who, you or me? Me, not you. How did anybody ever say that to your you? name on it? <laughs> he says, I can't believe he didn't come up to play on Saturday, because he didn't tell us about it, that's why. Oh, That's the only person who has a birthday party, and a listener sends in a picture going, this is Alan Dodgen's birthday party, and I go, all right, I said to her yesterday, through my tears, through my tears, I was sit- sorry, sitting at the desk, and I said, did you get an invite to Alan's party? She went, no. And I spoke to John Warrington, did you get an invite to Alan's party? And he said, John was working. No. He'd have made time to he come could, for you, Alan. He could not Alan, come. he would have made time. He would have crossed 
several hemispheres to get to your party. Paul was in L.A., so there's no way Paul was going to come. He'd have flown back as well. He said to me he'd have flown. He said, I didn't even know he had a party. I said, well, I, I sat at home crying into a we small milkshake. next to each other for over two hours of me talking to you about what I was doing for my birthday. Well, no, yes, well, that's the trouble, John. Uh, sorry, um, <gasps> I'm so sorry. Oh, my... I'm so sorry. No, but that's the trouble, because once you start talking and talking <laughs> and talk, most of us just go click, and so my eyes were open and I was nodding, but frankly, I wasn't listening to what you were saying. Right. So that's, We that's... were going to do laser quests. We were trying to be retro, but when we turned up, there was a, there was a party for seven-year-olds, and we thought, no, that would be a bit wrong <laughs> to sort of barge in on the party. Yeah, I don't think we need to rub it in, do we? So the, so the mail today have got the, uh, the police firing tasers, which involves a lot of wire being fired out of a gun, which apparently stuns you to knock you to the ground. But that's what you have to do when you're dealing with uh, some quite revolting people. Uh, only the anarchists are pictured here. There's a few sort of traveller people. Have you noticed, though, the funniest thing out of all this, the only people ever interviewed on the television, traveller women. Where yes. are the blokes? Yes. You don't see them anywhere. They're hiding. They're hiding because too many of them are known. That's why they're hiding. So you only ever get the women standing there. I mean, my God, you wouldn't want to mess with some of these people, would you? But there's no men. Did you notice that? Not one traveller man was anywhere near there. They stay well away. Well away. Because they're just carrying on with their business. Whatever yeah, that working, is. working, that's right. Yeah. Uh, 84850, uk. And, uh, yes, there was a programme last night. I missed it. Uh, it was on quite late, that's why. Quite late. And it was about... It was a panorama programme. And it was about the child beggars. The child beggars from Romania. They're trafficked children. They're brought over. Uh, they're generally not their families that they're with. And they're sent out on the streets to beg. Hang on. Strangely, you say they're not their families. Interesting, last night on the programme, several of the ones that he followed, it was their mothers that was actually um, sort of egging them on to go and um, mm. doing the begging on the street. But they have a different twist on it. As opposed to just the usual, you know, handing out money, they target a particular community. Mm. And the community that they target is... Muslims. They get, them, they get the kids to dress up as if they're Muslim with a headscarf and everything else, and they stand outside mosques, knowing that Muslims will not see anybody go without, and they hand them money. They reckon they're making about 100000 a year. That's the bit I can't believe. It's so much money they're making. Yeah. It's like three or four, sometimes £500 a day. Yeah, easy. And they were following them on the tube, and when they get to their destination, headscarves off, put their bobble hats on, because they're not Muslim. No. And the money goes back to Romania, where they live like princes... Some of the houses in yes. Romania were like Apart palaces. from the children, who were then trafficked back in again to earn more money. The younger the child, the more innocent the face, the more the more chances that they're going to get money. One of the houses they went back to, there's a brand new BMW oh, yes. um, M5 or whatever it is outside yes. the house. Oh, they, they, they cannot believe that this country is so easy yeah. to actually tap for money. Ridiculous. So, so easy. You can't even get into America here. You just wander in and you take the money and wander out again. It's like all the, all the rickshaw people... Mainly, uh, shouldn't be here. They're not paying any tax. All cash business. You, you actually get out one and go, and, you, and the, the credit card goes where? They're cash, because they're all bent. They're all fraudulent people. They take it. But the, it, it was quite tragic to watch the, uh, the it was, it was, it was It was awful to watch, yeah. it, to be honest. And what was upsetting was that they get stopped quite a lot of times during the day by the police. Mm. And all the police do is take their details and then move them on. Yeah. And what some of them were doing was taking photos of the police yeah. as, like, a trophy. Oh, look, I've been stopped by another yes. one. But yes. nothing happened. Yes. And these poor kids... Some, one of the kids was four years old. Yeah. yeah but, that, but that's what they do. They thieve. 
They either thieve or they go begging. And These if you poor go kids begging, get no life. No, yeah, but they don't know anything else. No, they don't. They don't know anything else. You know, because they don't go to school. Nope, no education. No. I was surprised to see yesterday at Dale Farm how many children were about the place because they don't go to school. Mm. They, they, they go to school very, very infrequently, but it was noticeable that it was just the gobby women who were standing there. I should point out, though, that it was a particular group of people, which are gypsies from Romania. It wasn't the Romanians themselves. It was this... No. This, well, obviously, they were Romanian, but it was the gypsy um, sort of groups within Romania that were doing mm. this. J- James O'Brien did an interesting programme the other day on why it is, in this country, we don't like travellers. All right. What was the conclusion? I can't remember what the conclusion oh, right. was. But the, but the interesting thing is that now it's a case of, listen, nobody minds anybody, provided they abide by the law. You abide by the law. I couldn't care less where you can, you can come from the, the moon, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. I don't care. But the moment you start thieving, and I've watched them thieving at the market. Ask anybody at the market, you know, who, who do you watch out for? Travellers, because they thieve. Right. That's what they do. They'll walk through the market. Girls, you know, always the girl. It's never the men. The men don't do it. It's always the women. Mothers, daughters. I've watched a mother and three daughters thieving clothes. And they just pick them up and they, put, and they just walk off again. And the trouble is, the moment the stallholder tries to chase after them, there's others who go and rob him blind. I must admit, they, they do have this sort of stigma of being quite scary as well. Well, because the, the only question I ever asked was, do they pay tax? Yeah, I'm always curious to know, you know, if you can spend 150000 on a wedding, which 99% of people in this country can't, where are you getting your money from? Mm. And the answer is, you're probably not paying tax. Because they spend all this money on these tacky weddings. Oh, which is only a recent innovation. It certainly has not been going on for a long time. John in Tadworth says you're a very good-looking young man, Steve. That is true, actually. And uh, Philip says, I saw Biggins at Radlett. Biggins is touring with his one-man show. Oh, lovely. An audience with Biggins. Uh, the celebrities win £1,000 for their favourite charity, says Wilma, and D as well. Ah, right, so they do win something. So, so, so in fact, it's an even cheaper programme to make than you imagine. It's very cheap. Only 1000 quid. <laughs> because there's a couple in the paper today, and it's, a, it's an age-old problem. It's a couple who he, he got into debt. He got into debt with moneylenders. He, uh, he went down the route of borrowing from, let's just call them the wrong people. At one point, he was abducted and held in a warehouse where they threatened him with all sorts of things, unless he coughed up. But uh, he, he wanted to take his wife on a holiday, so they spent 25 grand on a two-week holiday. Well, frankly, my jaw hit the floor. I didn't know you could spend that much money on a holiday. I mean, where did I, they go? They just went to some five-star hotel and lived it up with champagne and everything. Grief. And, um, and so when, it, when he came back, then the so-and-so hit the fan... Uh, now they're all sorted out. All, all her family and friends were saying, leave him, leave him. Don't, don't be with him because he's going to get you into more and more trouble. And we've had cases now and we're coming into Christmas and this is the time when people borrow money. I've lost track of the amount of shops I go into where they go, have you got a so-and-so card? Have you got a so-and-so card? You get 10% off. I said, I couldn't care less. But when you say no, Marks they give you like a, a shocked look like yeah. it's, you're not normal. In Marks and Spencer, I remember saying to the woman a short while ago, I was buying something, she said, oh, that's a nice jacket, you know, like people comment. And uh, said, would you like a Marks and Spencer's card? I said, no. I said, would you? She said, no. I said, well, there you go. <laughs> I said, I've never seen interest rates like it. I said, I don't know if Marks and Spencer's are in touch with the banks, but frankly, they're not offering the same rates at the moment. You know, because some of the cards, 36%, 38%, 42%, for store card. Don't ever get a store card. It, it'll be a downfall, I promise you. And uh, Connie says, I was in deep shock when REM was splitting up. I still can't get over it. I can do without Westlife, but not without REM. Stone Roses are getting back together again. Oh, yeah. Whoever they are. 
Yeah. I don't know who they were. Never listened to them. No. Never listened to them anyway. I've never heard of them. And uh, Brian says, uh, today I've reached the age of 65. Ooh. I've turned into Victor Meldrew, complete with cap and glasses. I don't believe it. 65, honestly. It's frightening. It's just a number, though, isn't it? It is just a number. It's a big number. It's not that big a number. How, how, how old were you on your 24. birthday that we never went to? 24. 24, great. Yes. Thank you. That was nice to tell the truth, isn't it? Uh, and John says, now that steps are going on tour, they'll need a doctor to look after them. Maybe Conrad Murray is available. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting, wouldn't it? It's very interesting. 84850, uk, And uh, it's now uh, coming up quarter to six. These are the headlines. Critics say the government's panicked by bringing a vote by MPs on whether to stage a referendum on Britain's future in the European Union forward to Monday. The debate was scheduled for next Thursday, but it's been brought forward so both the Foreign Secretary and the Prime Minister can attend. A review into the future of undercover policing, meant to be released later, has been postponed. It's after it's been claimed an undercover police officer working among green activists took part in a criminal trial under a false name. And bailiffs are expected to move on to the UK's largest illegal traveller site in Essex early this morning. Yesterday, police arrested 23 people after violence and protests on Dale Farm after Basildon Council started the process of evicting residents yesterday morning. Check on the roads for you today. Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. The A. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Uh, is the whip barbaric in racing? Yes. I don't care whichever way you look at it. You know, if, you How know. How it not be? Well, I, I don't understand. You're an animal with something. How well, jockeys are threatening to strike over it. And what they do is, I mean, when you watch how much they hit these... I mean, I don't know whether you can measure the sort of pain that a horse would feel. I've got, I've got no idea. I just, and we used to carry... When I used to go riding years ago, you had a crop. You know, we never called it a whip. We, we called it a crop. And it was there to tap it on the bottom. Not hard, but when you watch the jockeys, they're, they're practically beating it to death. Yeah. It, you know, they... And you think, this must hurt. If I was the horse, I'd be saying, wait, stop. What do you think you're doing, midget? Get off my back now. It must hurt. It must do. You know, it wouldn't encourage you to go faster. How do they know it doesn't hurt when they're doing it that hard? Well, I don't know, but some of them really, it's, they must have a lot of aggression in these little midget jockeys. And why, why are they so against having it um, banned? I don't know. Because if surely it's... They wanted to go on more strike. Sk- isn't it going to give you more skill to try and get the horse to get to, uh, along the course anyway, without well, it? Well, I don't know whether or not horses want to do it. I mean, it'd be like sort of, you know, ha- having sort of greyhounds and start whipping greyhounds, going, you're not going fast enough. That's what I mean. Surely it would be it as matter. barbaric, it's wouldn't it? Still, it's not going to stop the race. No. I was delighted to see there's a picture in the paper today of a man who was uh, caught by one of his neighbours abusing a dog, a Staffordshire, by surprise there. And he looks like the sort of man. And uh, he was beating it. At one point, his uh, girlfriend, stroke wife, whatever, opened the door in her curlers and everything else and uh, banged the dog's head against it. Fifty neighbours turned up. They've started throwing bricks through his window and everything else because you don't want people like that. No. You know, you don't want anybody. We had this story, I don't know if you heard it, the papers... And it made the news the uh, day before yesterday about a man who picked up a cat, a 19-year-old, and threw it against the garage door. It killed it. Oh, that's it. The neighbour went out. And, and you think, I don't know what I would do to somebody like that. The excuse would be they were probably high on drugs or something like that. Because you have got it. There's a woman who says the amount of cats that are dumped on the street now. She went to put her rubbish out the other day. And as she lifted the, the lid of the bin, she could hear this faint mewing. She said, had, you know, had I not been throwing the rubbish out, the dustman would have come and collected it. And there were four little kittens in there. Oh, Somebody had dumped four little kittens. 
Why because do I, I have do to that? say, you remember little Charlie and Bella? Yeah. Unfortunately, Charlie uh, passed away a couple of weeks ago. He was only three. Yeah. He had an immune deficiency, so oh, right. he just didn't survive, and I've lost one of my, my cats. Very sad. It is sad, isn't it? it but never mind, you've got sad. one left. I've still got Bella, yeah. yeah. You've got photos and memories. I've got photos, memories, and I found a video the other day. I broke down watching it. Oh, you didn't, did oh, you? I did. Oh, dear. It was not good. Oh. Yes, but yeah, no, Bella's okay. Yeah. But you can always get another one, but you shouldn't really, because they sort of grew up together. So one cat, it, it'll have its own territory, you see. Well, I'm getting conflicting views about that, but I'm, for the moment, stick with Bella just for the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. You know. uh, Ricky Gervais makes all the papers again for the second day running. Uh, why? Well, because Ricky Gervais did a sketch on Extras 2 a while ago. Right. Well, it was a while ago, because Extras 2 was ages ago, where he's in a restaurant, and uh, he's sitting with Ashley... And he's got her back to this woman and this child, and the, the boy's making noises. I don't know if you remember seeing the sketch, and the waitress comes over and says, can I have your autograph? So he signs the autograph, he says, could you do me a favour, could you make that child be quiet? And so the waitress goes over to the woman and, uh, and points at him during this sketch and says that he's just said, can you keep your child quiet? And it turns out he's a Down syndrome boy. And Ashley, his partner at the dinner table, is trying to say to him, listen... Don't say he's, he's got Down syndrome. And uh, so the mother comes over and goes, I'm really sorry that we've offended you. He's got Down syndrome. And he goes, oh, well, you know, just keep him. He doesn't know he's got Down syndrome at this moment until he turns round and sees the boy. Right, OK. On his, uh, on his, his blogs, he started using the word mong. Right. M-O-N-G, which uh, he uses to describe people he thinks are stupid. Now... A lot of people will tell you that mong is used to describe uh, people with Down syndrome. And so people have rounded on him for saying, listen, you're using this word overly. And he's saying, no, I'm not. He said, I think it's a div, a dozy, spud-headed twonk. I think twonk is such a good word. I might start using that for Ricky Gervais. He's a hole for himself here. Well, it, it is, really. It is, really. But uh, a lot of people now, Penny Green, says, I refute his suggestion that the word has changed its meaning. See, I'd never heard of the word before. I mean, at one time, we used to use the word spastic. Yes. And that was used quite commonly. In fact, people will tell you, listening, that the Spastic Society was one of our biggest charities. Mm. And the little... Uh, boy collecting things were a little child on a crutch outside a shop and you put money in there for the spastic. Then they, they changed their name, I think, to Scope. I think... Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I think... Uh, yes, it became Scope. Because LBC were very involved with Scope at one time. And it right. Was, we used to talk about it. But I've never heard the word mong used as a derogatory term before. But it seems to be gathering momentum, this one. And he's going, no, it's not. It doesn't mean that. It just means, you know, like a dingbat. He needs to stop replying to them and just leave it. Well, I think yesterday he sort of did two mongs don't make a right, and that's the final word on the subject. Oh. And it's, 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 he's kind of keeping it going himself. Oh, good grief. A little bit, but I've, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. Gordon in Betchworth, morning, says, great to hear Alan again. Thank you. He seems to have given up regular tweeting these days. Have you given I've up? just been so busy with work. So busy. So busy. So, so busy. Yes. Uh, Gordon predicts the illegals will be back on Dale Farm within the year. They still own the land. No, well, I don't think it's the end of the story, unfortunately. I, I also don't think it's the uh, the end of the story. Uh, and Phil says, although the travellers were there illegally, don't they own the land? Yes, they own the land. But then you own lots of things in life. It doesn't mean to say you can build. The problem was in Spain, a lot of people went and bought houses in Spain. That's right, built places. Built and places. Demolished. And now the local mayor, who oversees everything, each mayor in each village goes, no. 
And they were pulling them down. People go, well, we put our life savings into this. And they go, well, tough. Mm? Tough. You know, you didn't seek the right permission. The person who built the house for you or whatever hasn't got the right... And they've all disappeared with the money. There's a programme on that. There was. Beautiful house being knocked down. Do you remember that one? Yes. And they were going, but this is ridiculous. Why can't we just result? No. It, it was comes heartbreaking, down. I have to say. Yeah. Especially if you've sunk your life savings yeah. into into yeah. things. So so that's why. They do own the land, but they cannot live on it. There are legal bits at the front, and then there were all the illegals at the back. And that's where, you know, all the, uh, the stuff was going on. Uh, Shelley says, um, I'm still enjoying Big Brother, even though I don't really like anyone. As I say, I literally tuned in for two minutes of the day. It's not doing the Didn't business, it. is it? Not doing the business. And there is a great picture on page 29 of the Daily Mail. Uh, Henry's Lost Palace. Henry VIII's Lost Palace was non-such. And what they've done is they've put together what they think it looked like. Oh, right. And uh, they, they've made a model of it. And it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it really is. It gives you an idea. It's opulent. It's, it was beautiful on the outside. Non-such oh, wow. palace. You know, Henry... You know, just went and... It's small, isn't it, really? It, well, I don't... You'd have to be a very tiny person. You'd have to be a borrower to live in it. <laughs> but, it but it just gives people an idea. I have been to the site where it was, but I've never actually... Where is it? Um, where was the site? It's on the way to... I can't remember where it's on the way to now. <laughs> I wish you'd not asked me, actually. Like, um, no, it's OK. Um, England. Yes. Yeah, it's near Cheam. Oh, OK. It's near Cheam in, in Surrey. So what's on the site now? Grass. Oh, is it just grassland? It's not houses. Yes, I think there's a place called uh, Non Such Park, I think, or something like that. Oh, okay. So it's it's that's where it would have been. Have they found the remains of it then? Well, the, 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 there are remains of it there, little yeah. bits of it. But what they've done is built it up so you can see like a 3D image. Yes, in this model. I mean, that that's the amazing thing that that you can you can do now. You can build up on the information that you've got and uh, and. It and is. It's amazing, Steve, how you can do that, isn't it? But don't you think that's clever? I, I think it's think very clever. In our lifetime, yeah, I think there's it's now a machine for ladies, and Selfridges have got one, where you stand in there and it takes a 3D image of you. And then puts it into a into a glass block. No, no, no. no. It's, it's a thing for ladies buying clothes. Oh. <laughs> and so they had some... It's, it's quite a big machine. It looks like a giant shower. You stand in it, you push a button, and the camera moves around you and takes this image, and then you can see what you look like from all angles, so it gives you a better idea of what to wear. Oh, for goodness sake, just try the clothing on and go and stand in front yes, of a mirror. Then, yes, but then it doesn't help because you can't see. I was, you I was, can get mirrors on the side. Yeah, but I was looking at a mirror the other day. I nearly bought it for you, and I thought, there's no point in upsetting you before Christmas. And it shows you the real you. It's a true image, because if you hold up... Uh, a piece of writing in a mirror, it will be unreadable. In it's this, going to be backwards. In this mirror, you hold it up, you can read it. Right. It's, it's, it's a clever use of two mirrors, developed in Japan years and years ago, to show you the true you, what you look like There is an easier people. way. Just take a photo of yourself and have a look at it. Doesn't really. I can solve the all these world's problems, you know. I mean, seriously. Yeah, it's it, it's not the same for you though, is it? Because you know, looking at looking at you now, I know what you look like, but you don't know what you look like. I can't see it. What? My present. Your your your, your present. What? You've eaten it. I haven't eaten. it. You've eaten three two of them. Two Kit Kat fingers is my present. Yeah. I turn twenty-four and they get two Kit Kat fingers. Yeah. You get one Kit Kat finger for turning fourteen and one for turning twenty-four. Right. Two kick- and you've eaten them. You only said to me a minute ago, I I'm can't believe... I'm just solving the world's problems here. And I'm going to give you a cup of coffee in a moment for the six o'clock news at Christmas. And that, and that's also... I mean, this is, this is Starbucks coffee. This oh, is very extensive. And, and, well, you didn't... I know you did write to me a little pleading email. He said to me, he said, I'll be coming in tomorrow. He said, if you'd like to bring my, my present. So I did, and I said, would you like to... And he's eaten it, and now he's complaining, where's my present? You've eaten it, mate. 
Right. I can't, can't help no, you on that fine. at all. No, it's fine. Yeah. Don't worry. It's okay. fine. I'm going to make a big deal about it. Uh, maybe a That Remembers Me can be organised soon, and then also ask uh, Banana Rama. Oh, Banana Rama. They never sung live in their life. I watched them. I went to see a Des O'Connor show uh, up when they were filming uh, at Teddington years and years ago. Yeah. And Des used to have... And the funny thing was, Des, he would be like us. He would have big guests in in the morning, but because they could only do the morning, they would fly in, he would do them, whether it's Julio Iglesias or whatever it was, and the audience would come in from the local care home. So <laughs> I'd be filming something for living out the back, and you'd go to the toilet, and there'd be a whole queue of ladies and gentlemen in their pyjamas... <laughs> With slippers on, standing outside the studio, and they'd wheel them in. Is this why you never saw the audience yes, in the show? Yes, you have no idea. who They didn't know who they were going to see or anything. And they were just there, and they'd go, you have a cup of tea in a minute, dear. So they'd all line up outside the studio, and then Des would say, ladies and gentlemen, we like Des. So, but they were all in their slippers and nightshirts. Did they nightshirt. even know where they were? I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was very funny. And then in the afternoon, they'd bring in some more people, and the audience would gradually change. On a Friday night, it changed dramatically because they filmed The Word. We were in one studio, oh, well, and the, we had to have security there. That was just for the presenters of The Word. Do you remember them? Terry Christian and... Terrible uh, show. Terrible, terrible show. show. It was ghastly. She loved it, of course, because that was her sort of uh, era. He says, after all, you did have Bucks Fizz in and Hanson. Yay, Hanson. He's, he's a little bit Ooh. worried about the comments about steps at the moment. So I'm, I'm, And I did Westlife in the Leicester Square building, so there must be room for steps, he says. Not really. On FM, online and digital radio. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Thursday morning in London town. A little bit chilly. And uh, it's the last day of uh, of work for a week, as it's half term, apparently, for a lot of people. Already? I believe so. We're back to half term. Ten blissful days off, says Bridget. So, uh, so that's it. So half term, which actually half term is actually good news for everybody because it means that the trains aren't full. It means that the roads aren't full. In theory, in theory, it means that they're they're not full. Uh, Noreen says, "I saw about ten minutes of the Katie program. This mm. is poor Katie Price and this dire program on television, which is supposed to try try and find another Katie Price. We don't really need two of them, Alan, do we? Well, not with the magazine out as well. No, but she can't speak. The trouble is." She's, she's got such a boring voice. When, when she spoke for the Oxford Union, she managed a whole eight minutes. She's got no emotion in her face whatsoever. Well, because she's been Botoxed, I'm afraid. And she said she, uh, she tried to put suspense into it, saying who was through to the next round. She said there's more suspense than pulling a cracker at Christmas. Oh, joy. Yeah. But it, 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 it doesn't work, the programme. It mm. just doesn't work because it's her... And as one of the critics said the other day, we are witnessing the demise of Katie Price on television. It's falling apart on television. Mind you, just as bad as Peter Andres in some of the papers today, saying he wished he'd never talked about his sex life. We also wish you'd never talked about your sex life. But his, his programme... Is... And yet he's talking about the fact that he never wished he talked about yes, it. Yes, yes. Right. It doesn't quite work, doesn't work does it? no. No, but he is, he's trying to drum up interest in uh, what, what Peter did next. And the answer is, he can't get his records played on the radio. Uh, a few of the fans are a little bit barking mad, I'm afraid. And we've never heard him sing at any one of his concerts. We've only ever seen the funny little dance routines. And yet, he still has a show about what he's trying to do next. Yes. Well, yes. So the next one would be, what is Peter doing next after the next thing he's done? Yes. Yes, I, I don't understand it either, right. I'm afraid. I really don't. Uh, 84850, Eddie says, lovely to hear Alan again. Wish the pregnant lady with the contractions all the best. 20th oh, October, yes. good day to have a baby as it's my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. So many happy returns of the day. It was my birthday the other week, do you know that? Good Lord. Yeah. 20... 24. Thank you. Uh, on the subject of steps, which seems to have got you going this morning, 
apparently, Stephen Bridlington says, the year that Steps broke up, they were doing the Butlin Circuit, which the Daily Mail reported they were being paid £30,000 a gig in total. 30... For, what, at Butlin's? Yes. £30,000 a gig at Butlin's. Well, that would be... How many are there of Steps? Is it five? Five. So you get £6,000 a night. I don't know. Would that be possible? No. Oh, you don't think so? I don't think oh, right, so. Okay. Well, hang on a minute. I the, thought it actually could be possible. The size of the venue wouldn't be big enough, would it? Sorry? At Butlins, would the venue be big enough? Well, they, they, they would be the cabaret for the night, so Butlins would book them in, and they would do Eastbourne and wherever all the Butlins places are. Well, there's three in the country. You couldn't go around that in one night. No, you, you would do one... They, they would only do a one-night stand, so they would... I mean, Butlins oh, right, so are we that talk, sort of money. But are, we, are they saying £30,000 per night? Yes. I don't think... No, I don't think they could get that for it. You don't think... Well, I don't think the, the venue would be big enough, if you think oh, yeah, about it. yeah, they're huge, the venues. Yes, but, yeah, but 30,000... Yes, but it doesn't matter, because you're not paying to go in. You don't, you don't pay to go into a Butlins gig. It's for all the people on the campsite. No, I know, that's what I'm saying. But would they make enough money to warrant paying a band £30,000 each night? Would, yes. Would they? Yeah, £30,000? Yes. No, I'm, I don't believe that. Well, because it's all part of the holiday package, I know, it? but still, £30,000 for one gig... Oh, no, I'm not that... sure. I'm not sure. It sounds far too much. It sounds far well, too much. Well, how much do you think they, they, they would go for, then? I'd probably, they'd probably get a couple of thousand each for, for the night. Really? But yeah. I can't believe they'd get up to 6,000 for that. No. Oh. I just don't think the venue's big enough. Well, I would have thought £30,000 in total, because you've got in to pay total, a band. In total, maybe, yes. You've got to pay a band, haven't you? But I'd say in total for the, for the three venues. You think? I think so, yeah. What if you get them for that? Nick Ferrari this morning. He's going to be joined by the Conservative MP... Uh, Nick Boys and Sally Knox, mother of the murdered Harry Potter actor Rob Knox, to discuss whether the government are doing enough against knife crime. The answer is, no, they're not. I mean, I, I can't emphasise it enough. I'm, I sit here day after day, year after year, and every day there's another knife crime in the paper. And I don't know what the answer is. It's so easy to get knives. You can go... I could probably leave here this morning and probably buy a knife in half a dozen places and yeah. nobody would stop me buying it. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, it seems pointless to me to say you've got to be 18 to buy a knife. What, I don't what, think that's going to change anything. I don't anything. think that's going to change anything at all. There are, there are 18 year olds who can go out and give them to their brothers or sisters or whatever it is. Mm. Um, so they're going to be uh, looking at the current legislation to ensure that those under 18 who are convicted for a knife crime will receive a mandatory custodial sentence. Uh, Nick will also be looking back over the golden years of the boy band Westlife. I think they're good. I, think I'm, they're I have really not seen them. Not good. No, we, we like them actually. So uh, Sally Knox will be in the studio and uh, Tom Cheel. And uh, also uh, Andy Welsh, music editor for the Press Association and TV editor at AOL. We're talking about the Westlife split. Although Alan Dodgen thought they, they had, unfortunately, yeah, split already. But they haven't. So uh, I'm very sad indeed. We'll have a chat to Roger Foss in a moment. The Beatles are back. Because everybody is unique. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Ashley says people who abuse animals should be punished in the same way they've treated the animal, e.g. the lady who put the cat in the wheelie bin, should herself have been locked in a wheelie bin for 13 hours. Mm. I agree, actually. We have no time for people who abuse animals. I must thank uh, John Earle. Uh, John's got a new book out, uh, published in association with the Theatres Trust. It's called British Theatres and Music Halls. You can find it on Shire Books. .co.uk. Thank you, John. It's a, it's a very nice little book with some lovely pictures of some theatres which aren't there anymore, some which are empty, some which have got pigeons racing through them. Some really nice pictures. I love anything like this. Really, really fascinates me. I oh. love anything about yeah. the history of theatres. Really good. So, John, thank you very much indeed. It's called British Theatres and Music Halls. Oh, lovely. 
which is great. Talking of uh, theatres, let's go to... What a slick link. Let's go to the theatre now, shall we? Uh, and we shall take in, uh, I think, um, Life After Coronation Street uh, for the actor Crave Gazy. He played David Platt's oddball mate, Graham Proctor. And the Beatles are back in Backbeat at the Duke of York's, which is where Andy Nyman was... And uh, he's back as well. Andy Nyman just never stops working. Roger Foss never stops either, and that's why he joins us now this morning. Morning, Roger. Good morning, Steve. Yeah, Andy was in Ghost Stories at the Duke of York, wasn't he? Yes. And uh, he's now at the Menier Chocolate Factory in a play, which I haven't yet been able to see, but I think it runs until November sometime. So there's still time to catch up on Andy, who's always fast-moving. But, um, yeah, the Beatles are back. Uh, the Duke of York's. Love him, uh, love And him. I, I thought, oh, is it going to be Beatlemania? Is it going to be Beatlemania? And I did think when you were talking about bands these days miming, mm. uh, this show takes you back to the 60s when when bands did sing live. Nobody mimed, but, you, you, you know, bands like the Beatles, you could never hear a thing because the fans screamed so much and, and the sound systems weren't so... So huge as they are now. 30 watt um, amplifiers. The Beatles played Shea Stadium with 30 watt amplifiers. Yeah. How anybody <laughs> yeah. ever heard them, I cannot imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, anyway, this is, uh, I thought this uh, show's interesting because um, it's another retro jukebox musical. Mm. Um, we've had plenty of them in the West End, but uh, on the other hand, that beat is actually based on the film. There was a film, if you remember, a few years back. Um, and, it, and it's really about the Beatles' early days in, uh, in Hamburg. So um, it's, when the, um, it's when they weren't actually the Fab Four, but they were not quite so fab, and there was five of them. And, the, and they didn't have those mop-top hairdos, but their hair was all greased back with brill cream, and they were doing um, cover versions, weren't they, at that stage, yes, really, of yes. um, all the Carl Perkins and Chuck Berry stuff. That I think so they only popular. had a few songs that they could play. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's the days of the cavern, and it's the days of uh, Hamburg, um, and those uh, kind of smoky and uh, rather unsavoury clubs in Hamburg, the Beatles turn up, these uh, lads from Liverpool. But the, 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 like the film, the, the focus of this show really is the friendship between John Lennon, uh, Paul McCartney and Stuart Sutcliffe, mm. who, who was the, um, who, I, I think they kind of called him the, the fifth Beatle, didn't they? He, yes. was the, he was the art school student and a friend of John's, but he, pre- he, he really wanted to paint and, it, and he wasn't really interested in playing bass guitar, but kind of went along with it. So it, it follows Stuart Sutcliffe's relationships with the, with the two Beatles, but also with his uh, girlfriend, who was a German photographer who, of course, was the person who was really responsible for, for creating the Beatles' image, you know, those um, haircuts and, and uh, collarless jackets. So it's all about that period. So it's a step back in time, really. Um, and, of course, the sad moment when Stuart Sutcliffe dies of a brain hemorrhage. He's only 21. Mm. Um, though I must say, it doesn't really... It's an interesting bit of history but it doesn't you don't get all the Beatles hits of course because they're doing all these cover versions and um and they don't make much really of um the drummer being sacked you know Pete Best got sacked didn't they when they got Ringo in and they were beginning to do well and they thought oh you know we don't need him anymore so you don't really get enough really of the of of, of the relationships I don't think um and um and there's a great moment though when um 
Bert Camphor turns up on stage. <laughs> so, of course... It's only me, you and the dog who know who Bert Camphor is. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I know. The sort of easy listening king, I suppose. But um, he recorded them in Germany and, uh, uh, in, in 1961. And, and I think that must have been their first ever professional recording, the Beatles. So, anyway, for anyone interested in, in the Beatles, they'll have to go and see this. I mean, you know, you get all the... In Germany, in, um, in the club in Hamburg, you get all these terrible German accents and lots and lots of smoking going on. I mean, no wonder George Harrison died of lung cancer. But um, it's a compelling story, I suppose. It's well acted by young actors who look absolutely nothing like the Beatles. But nevertheless, they, they, they get away with it. Yeah. And uh, the music is, I, I would say, I mean, it's really far too loud. I thought health and safety was going to come in any minute. So any old Beatles fans going to see this have to switch off their ear trumpets and put their fingers in their ears because <laughs> it's just so um, it's so loud. But at the end, you do get a chance to have a bit of a bit of a bop around to uh, "Love Me Do" and a few of the uh, Beatles hits. So nice, um, nice. so yeah, worth seeing if you're if you if you're a Beatles fan. I suppose you'll be uh, rather critical of it if you are. But nevertheless, um, not quite a jukebox musical, more of a play with music. Still good, though, and still, you know, brings you... I've still got a card, actually, which entitles me, and I haven't downloaded it yet. It, it, it's all the Beatles albums and all the DVDs. It was a, a card from iTunes that somebody gave to me, and I still haven't downloaded them because there's just so much material on there. And they were... Yeah. There was just something about them. They, I don't care what anybody says about the Beatles, and I've, I have met people who went, oh, I didn't think they were any good. I've seen the bootleg Beatles, and believe you me, they're the nearest thing to the real McCoy. You know, if you could put them all back together again, and if tragedy hadn't struck, you know, it would be yeah. very interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. So well, there is after, a lot around. Yeah. So after the Beatles in Backbeat, which is at the Duke of oh. York's, just over the road from here, uh, there is uh, Life for Coronation Street actor. Is it Craig Gazy? Yeah, I wasn't sure. I've never known really how you pronounce it. Is it Gazy or Gazy? But it is Gazy. He was, um, he was that odd character in Coronation Street, Graham. Yes. Graham Proctor, I think he was called, wasn't he? He, he went off at the end with the Chinese girl if you remember. <laughs> and I suppose at the time, you know, you think, oh, yeah, well, they've left it open so he can come back again um, into Coronation Street. And, uh, and I remember when he left earlier this year, he said, uh, rather surprisingly, I, you know, he wanted to leave because he wanted to get into the theatre mm. or do more theatre work. Well, here he is in the West End now in, at the Trafalgar Studios in this play called Third Floor. It's a comedy thriller at the Trafalgar Studios. He's a, it's a two-hander, actually. He's opposite... Um, a young actress called Emily Head, who's in In Between Us, yes, which, in yes. fact, I've, I've never seen In Between Us, but uh, I've got to say Emily Head is very, very good on stage. So it's a, it's a comedy thriller. It's on the third floor of a block of new flats. Um, they're two first-time buyers. They're in a shared ownership scheme. And uh, Craig Gazy is, is one neighbour. Emily Head is the other. And Craig's character is slightly creepy, um, to say the least, and uh, a bit of a kind of um, Alfred Hitchcock fan. So you're not really sure if he's uh, a psycho or if he's Norman Bates or is he a neighbour from hell or is he just a kind of slightly odd bloke living next door. <laughs> and, of course, Emily Head being blonde is a kind of typical Hitchcock blonde, so you'd think at any moment she might be done in <laughs> by this what seems to be a perfectly normal bloke living next door. Never so, trust the um, neighbours. Never trust the neighbours. Yeah, neighbors. exactly. The neighbour from hell, I suppose. 
Um, we have lots of tension. It's a bit scary at, at places. Lots of um, laughs as well, and lots of fans turning up. And I, I went. Um, I'm not sure if they were her fans or his fans, but they certainly screamed and absolutely shrieked when <laughs> Craig Gazy uh, appeared at one point with uh, with no clothes on and revealed his naked bum. I thought, well, stark oh dear, naked. what's this? Eh? Stark naked? Stark naked, only for a second or two. Right. But it was enough to give the audience, or certain members of the audience, heart attacks, I think. Oh, dear. Um, do, do they actually warn you of this on the poster? They say there's full frontal nudity, or is it not full frontal nudity? Um, no, it's full rear nudity, I would say. Right. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that woke everybody up. If that I doesn't boost up you. ticket sales, nothing will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Somebody exactly. from Coronation Street naked on the stage, good grief. <laughs> oh, well, good luck to them at the Trafalgar Studios, just down here at... Uh, it's part of the Whitehall Theatre. Yes, it's in that little, small studio underneath the, the main studio at the Trafalgar Studios. Mm. Yeah, as you say, the Whitehall Theatre used to be. I think, actually, the main theatre there that they've created a few years back. I, I can't stand it. I think they've ruined the original Whitehall. Although this little space downstairs is actually quite good because you're really, really close up to the actors. Yes, yes. Uh, especially if they're naked. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm not too sure about that one. Uh, finally, very briefly, uh, new plans are announced for the old Astoria. The site, of course, has been cleared now. And they're going to put in a new West End studio theatre. Yes, I know. Um, there aren't many, like the Trafalgar Studios, that's a small place, there aren't many small theatres in the West End, but this is all part of that crossrail development, isn't it? Mm. At that uh, Tottenham Court Road end. So there will be apparently a theatre there. It's only going to be 350 seats. It's going to be run by Nika Burns, who is always oh, good yes. news, yes, I think. Yes, yes. Um, you know, kind of head girl at the Society of London Theatres and, um, and running other West End theatres too. But um, I hope it works. It, of course, it's not going to open for, what, five, six, seven years, mm. whenever all that crossrail development opens up. And, um, and I kind of wonder, really, because theatres built into other places um, never really quite work, I don't think. I mean, no, we'll, we'll you watch know... It. We'll watch it. Listen, Roger, I've got well, to leave it there because I've run out of time. So we'll talk to you next week. All right. OK, Steve, I'm off to see Sharon Gless. So, oh, uh, lovely. We had her in conversation a few weeks back. That's right, yeah. Excellent. It'll be late-life adventures in sex and romance. Certainly will. I don't know, you just weave mm. it into the programme. Nice to talk to you. Talk to you next week. OK, Steve. Bye. Bye. Roger Foss, our man in the front row, and uh, in some theatres he really is right in the front row. It's LBC 97.3. It's Early Breakfast with Steve Allen, and the time now is 6.30. Morning, everybody. 25 minutes to 7. Thursday morning. It's another cold one, I'm afraid. Uh, Rebecca says, I love this show. Am I too young to be a listener? 31. Well, she's older than me. Should I be listening to a show with music? I don't care. I'm going to spread the word. I think she thinks I'm somebody else. Is, is she, oh. I think she thinks I'm Johnny Vaughan or something. Or probably Lisa Snowden, knowing my luck. Yeah, probably, yes. <laughs> uh, Steve says, many years ago we went into one of the sheds at work and found four kittens. The mother wasn't around and the first four drivers all uh, took one home. We may give the impression of uncaring, but us lorry drivers are big softies, really. Yeah, you are. Oh, good. Uh, Stuart says, you're funnier than the majority of comedians on the circuit. That's Which why they're on. that? Yes, which circuit yeah, is that? Which circuit? I don't know. No. I don't know. And Pam says, why not get steps in for an in-conversation? 
That, 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 that's, that's a thought, actually. It's a thought. I haven't, I haven't ruled it out. Uh, Diwali is next Wednesday, the 26th, so fireworks everywhere, says Joe. Love fireworks. Can't wait. Can't wait for fireworks. And uh, you should see the newly restored Newcastle Theatre Royal Steve. It's beautiful. They opened with madness of King George because he gave it the royal status. Okay. Tougher sentencing on knife crime, says Lynn, should be a must. But for stopping these thugs, buying them is a nonsense. They may have to go to their mum's cutlery drawer and, and they're all there. I'll be honest, the tougher crimes, is, uh, tougher sentences, sorry, it's not going to stop it. No, I, well, I, I agree. I just don't see... I don't, well, I don't know. Well, about there is no deterrent now no. for anything at all. People, people couldn't care less, could no. they? In fact, they, 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 they see it, as you were telling us about these little children who are doing the begging, or as I prefer to call it, thieving, mm. in the street off people who are well-meaning, thinking they're somebody else. Um, they actually happily take pictures of the police arresting because it's like a trophy. Yeah. People go, oh, it's a trophy. I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased with this. Uh, Steps and Stone Roses reform. What bands would you like to see re-emerge? Ooh. What bands would you like to see re I mean, if I could wave a magic wand, I'd like to see what the Beatles would be like nowadays. That would be a very good one, but it's not going to be possible. Not a right. fan. Never have I'm, been. Really? Never yeah, been funny, a fan. So you do meet people like you. Mm. And, uh, and as Westlife have announced that they're going their separate ways, what band would you like to see the back of? The Anybody on the X Factor? Oh, <laughs> Anybody on the X Factor? They're so dreadful, this series, that have nobody sings. We need to talk about this at some point. Yes. 84850. LBC 973. We would love to know from you which band you would love to see the back of. I mean, I personally am a little bit gutted about Westlife because I, th- I think they're nice. They were nice people. You don't meet nice people very often in the business. Because if you look at the X Factor... Well, they're still going to be nice, even though they're split up. Yes, but if you look at the X Factor, they cannot sing. And that, that's, the, that's the worry, as far as I'm concerned. And there are pictures in the paper today, aren't there, of Frankie... I just don't that? see the appeal of this I don't kid. see any appeal. A man with dirty, dirty, badly cut hair... Uh, big round fat face and little skinny girl trousers on. But what does he appear? He can't sing for Toffee. Th- th- his trousers look like tights all the time. Wh- yeah. Where is the attraction? And then there's his photograph going off with these girls that say they're beauties. This girl looks like she's wearing a bird's nest in her hair. Yes. They're but also, awful. she she has, has the word... He, he went out to a nightclub because he's rock and roll. Well, he's not making a penny piece at the moment. I don't know where he's getting his... Perhaps mummy and daddy are helping him out. Because he's sort of going to nightclubs, which is all very sweet... But unfortunately, if you're trying to forge a, you know, uh, a career in the music business, don't you think you should maybe concentrate on the singing and get that up to scratch? If you're a juggler, you rehearse. If you're a magician, you rehearse. If you're somebody on the X Factor, you, you don't... Go clubbing. You, don't, you go clubbing. And smoking, apparently. And, and, and pick up... Things. Apparently he had a choice of all these lovely girls, uh, or as I call them, the desperate wannabes, because they want to get their picture in the paper. But what this poor soul is wearing on a head, I've got no idea. It looks like a bird's nest. But a very looks, bad bit of rough hair. He looks like he's been growing his hair for months and doing nothing with it. Yeah. And then wearing, wearing like what look like tights on stage, singing very badly. He's a deeply unattractive person. Ridiculously deeply. unattractive. And uh, hopefully be kicked out this week. And also, just remember, we're all kicking out Nancy Delusional this week. Uh, get, let's, let's get rid of her. On Got what? to go on the the dancing program. Strictly, yeah. She, she's oh. dancing with somebody called Tony Beak. Right, okay. The other thing I've, which has come to my attention, I don't know if you've ever been to the Burlington Arcade. I have. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is very beautiful. It is very very lovely, and there are lots of little shops in there because when it first opened, quite in expensive the, shops, I have to say, they are quite expensive. <laughs> but uh, it was designed and completed in 1819 for the sale of jewellery and other fancy articles and it was intended for the gratification of the public and you can walk all the way through and down the other side of the road and it's beautiful i i have to say it doesn't look unchanged i don't obviously don't know what it looked like back then but you look at it and you think this probably looks exactly the same as it did back when it first opened. And that's what we like about it it's regency mm. plans are underfoot the people who what? own it 
want to change it. Why? And they've submitted plans to Westminster Council to change it into some garish monstrosity. Is it not listed? Well, I don't know. But uh, one, one poor man in there called Daniel Bexfield has got a, a silver shop. And uh, they've terminated his lease in 2013 because they don't want the little shops in there. They want the big people to move in, like Gucci and Prada and people like that. So they, they, they're going to merge some shops together. Because some of them are really, really tiny. And um, so he, he's, he's having a bit of a battle. He said most people are too scared to say anything. Because big, big developers now come in, submit the plans to Westminster. Westminster go, yeah. I mean, they would be fools to change it. Completely. Fools. It's, I mean, it's, it's Regency. It's what people come to London for. Mm. You know what they've put back in Leicester Square? You won't believe this, Popsy. The clock that used to be on the Swiss Centre yes. is now in front of the M&M store and they're reassembling it. So the, uh, the glockenspiel clock is coming back. Yay! You see, about time we got some of these things. As you heard on LBC 97.3 yesterday, police have seized more than 300 vehicles and made 54 arrests. I was very happy during a London-wide crackdown on uninsured drivers. More than 1,000 officers have been deployed on Operation Reclaim. It's LBC 97.3's Tom Cheel reports. With 50 checkpoints around London, officers are using fixed cameras to check number plates and target uninsured drivers. It's designed to make the roads safer, but also Met Commissioner Bernard Hogan-Howe tells me to identify serious criminals. We know that about 80% of the vehicles we seize are owned by criminals, the people who already got a criminal record. So it gets us into uh, criminality, slows them down and gets their cars off the road. When he routinely deployed the tactics in Liverpool, crime there fell by 40%. Now it's coming to London, more people who've had their uninsured vehicles seized could themselves be prosecuted and see their cars destroyed. But some think it's a step too far. They shouldn't crush people's vehicles. If they can sell it and get the money, that would be all right. I think it's okay, but sometimes it can be a little bit like time-wasting because I'm going to college now. I just leave work and I'm going to college and I'm a little bit late at the moment. Last year, Scotland Yard seized 34,000 cars and vans, but with a quarter of a million uninsured vehicles estimated to be on London's roads, that number's set to rise dramatically. And the mayor says no one is safe. Tom, you, you, you will understand if I say the first thing I, I, I decided to do as soon as I was talking about this initiative with Burns, I immediately went to check that I was completely in conformity with the, uh, the laws of the road. There you go, the Mayor Boris Johnson talking to LBC 97.3's Tom Chill. For me, I'm delighted. I hope it's just not a PR exercise for the new head man at the, uh, the Met Police because uninsured drivers are a nightmare on the streets. I watched them yesterday saying, you know, we're going to take them away, we're going to crush the cars, we're going to do this and that. And it's now so easy to find people. Years ago, it wasn't easy. Now, they've got the little cameras on the cars and they can find people dead easy. So, uh, so good. So if you're driving in London uninsured, I hope they get your car. Yes, because the camera should detect your car as you Yes, you can follow it. I know somebody just two days ago had that happen. Really? And stopped him, but he was actually insured. What happened, he'd insured himself that day and it hadn't registered on the machines. Yeah. Uh, also, some people say they're insured, but they turn out not to be. And they produce a piece of paper going, I'm insured. Mm. But these are the people, generally young people, who sort of buy it uh, paying monthly and they stop after the first month, well, so they've got the certificate. Well, when he went in with the certificate, because he got it sent, faxed over from yeah. his insurance company into the police station to show them, the police officer was surprised. He went, oh, we're actually expecting you to come in with that. Yes, yes. They used to say, you know, can you produce your documents? Now, they know if you've got tax, insurance, MOT. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember if I've got MOT at the moment. <laughs> I can't remember. I have tried to... So you that got they insurance? Are, 
Yeah, of course, well, then, yes. Well, then we can't get your insurance without your MIT, so you must have MIT. Yes, moment. I'm assuming so, yeah. yes, yes. And it was only just renewed a short while ago. Yeah, well, they are. At vast expense. So, as Steps and Stone Roses reform, what bands would you like to see re-emerge from the shadows? And as Westlife have announced their splitting, what band would you like to see the back of? I don't want to say the back of Westlife, but what band have you really had enough of? Do let me know. 84850 LBC 973. This is LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to uh, 7. So, Steps and Stone Roses reform. What bands would you like to see re emerge? And as Westlife announced, they're going their separate ways. But there will be a, a tour, farewell tour next year, and there's a new single tour. coming out. A tour. A tour. What band would you like to see the back of? Do tell me. Uh, one here, we were talking earlier on about um, Mong. It's the slang term for mongoloid, says uh, Tom in Canada. That one's rumbled on for two days now. It's not, um, it, it's not going away, I'm afraid. I'm quite knowledgeable when it comes to slang, says Trevor, but I've never heard anybody with Down syndrome being referred to as a mong. I hadn't heard it either. I had heard it before. Had you? Yes. I'd never heard it, I'm afraid. And uh, Bridget says, have you given Alan his very expensive birthday present? No. He's, he's eaten it. No. Twice. No. Twice he's eaten it. Yes. Uh, Step sang two songs live on this morning. I liked them, but they were awful. They sounded How did you like know it was live. Well, he said they th- because they sounded awful. Well, so perhaps okay. they were. But but I I never thought they actually did uh, perform live. I'm afraid they were just cheesy fun. They, well, they were they were yeah. cheesy fun songs. Yes, I, I agree. Eight four eight five zero Steve at lbc uh, Another one here, and this is from actually we mentioned Bert Camphart earlier on. And uh, Jeremy says, I remember his name as being the alternative my parents had when they got bored of James Last and Jim Reeves. See, I, we used to call him Camp Burtford, which we thought was quite funny, actually. Well, at the time it seemed funny. Obviously not now, but at the <laughs> time it was hilarious, I'm afraid. <laughs> so there you go. Paul happily settling back to go to sleep. Uh, looking forward to his Steps concert tickets oh. arriving in the post. Which is very good. And Colin says, since I'm not a Beatles fan, although I have developed a new appreciation for them since learning to play the guitar, I have no interest in what they would be like, but I'd love to see Led Zeppelin reform and tour with their dead drummer son playing the drums. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's ever going to happen. I never followed Led Zeppelin. No. I, I think never... there was only one song I ever bought of theirs. Stairway to Heaven? No, it wasn't that one. It was another one. I can't even remember what it's called. I like the one where Rolf Harris did it. Can you tell what it is yet? There's a lady... <laughs> Doesn't sound at all like Rolf Harris this morning, I'm afraid. (laughs) (laughs) And Pat and her black Labrador are coming to see me in my foster home at the weekend. And if I like them, I'm going back to their house now of a new permanent home, says Jim, who is a Labrador. Who, your foster home? No, he's he's going back. He's actually going to be uh, looked at. And uh, and Pat will decide if she's going to take him home. There you go. Because, you you know, if if you're going to take a dog home, you know, then you have to... Have to sort of find out whether they're going to match you. Yes. Why are they called boy bands, says Mike? Bands play instruments and write music. All we have here is singing groups who generally murder other people's songs. Sometimes they do it nice. Yeah, not many times. Not many times. Not many times. No. And uh, Paul in Southampton says, I started to listen to you when I was 29. I'm now 30. <laughs> so she's done what? a whole year. She's done a year. Done a year. Are we celebrating a year? Yes. I only listened to you and the whole team at LBC throughout the day. I'm pretty gutted about Westlife, but they had a great time together. What have you heard? <laughs> they, did, they, they were a family. They They've actually not have really s- been in the news in the last year, have they? They've been on In Conversation, which is as good yeah, as... But apart from that, hmm. so why all of a sudden is a massive story that they're breaking up? 
Well, because it's sad when groups break up. When when but take they haven't that, done anything it? much in the last year. You said well, they haven't done, done, done anything. What do you mean? They, they reformed and did a massive There you go. Tour. To get back together again, you have to split. So this is the only reason they're splitting, because they're going to reform in a In a year's, year's time, time, they'll get back together exactly. again. Exactly. They'll have Westlife. I think Westlife, there was plans of them touring, wasn't there, with, with Take That. I interviewed them once. Yeah. And, I fa- and, yes, they were all very pleasant, apart from one of them who was moody and grumpy throughout their whole blooming thing. Oh, really? Yeah, really moody and grumpy. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Alan. Yes. Perhaps it was just you that made them moody and grumpy. It might have been, yes. Yes. Marion Crawley says, Steve Allen for London Mayor. You're joking. Oh, good grief, he's, he's joking. Good grief, <laughs> definitely not me at all. <laughs> and Ross in Rotherhide says, I'd love to see the back of Coldplay and their miserable lead singer. They take themselves far too seriously. I'd like see the back of uh, Liam Gallagher yes, or please. Noel, yes. any of the Gallagher brothers, anything I'm afraid. Anything to do with Oasis, get yes, rid of them. Yes, anything to do with Oasis, who've now sort of branched out into clothing and uh, really sold out. Their music. I couldn't bear them. Can't stand them. Couldn't either. stand them at all. No. Susan Boyle can't stand her. Oh, no. I'll be glad when she splits up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and becomes two. But uh, apparently she has, uh, she's, she, she bought a mansion. Oh, do uh, we have to talk about her? Really, honestly. I only I mention it because they say a mansion. How much do you think the mansion costs that she's moved into? £3.50. £375,000. Yeah, what's far off? It's, it's, you get a lot of mansion up where she is. Yeah. But she doesn't spend any nights there. Is she it prefers to a go back. at that price? It is, yes, for really? her. Really? Yes. Anything that's got more than two bedrooms is a mansion. Ooh. And so she's, uh, she's moving in. To, she, she's sleeping at her other place. Her, her, her little council house. Right. Which is lovely. And uh, here's somebody from Anywhere's Essex. Some old man who's got a nightclub trying to flog his house. I don't know what his name is, but uh, he's snogging some some young bleach blonde thing who, judging by the pictures here, snogs just about anybody. And nice to see the Hoff out again, standing up and having some pictures <laughs> taken, which is lovely. And Peter Andre regrets blabbing so many details about his sex life. No, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't, no. He, he, he said... Uh, he spilled the beans about his bedroom antics when he wrote his autobiography four years ago. Unfortunately, Pete, nobody read your autobiography, love, so it's interesting if you have to tell us this now, because we don't remember. It's the fact they like to go to the press to tell the press that they shouldn't have said something in the press yeah. before, but then they'll go to the press again to say that they shouldn't have said what they said before in the press before. Yes, it's, it's called trying to drum up some interest. In... It's called PR, isn't it? I think it's called PR, yes. Right. And here's a picture of uh, Miss Monosyllabic, Jordan still wearing somebody else's hair, and she turned up in the Big Brother house uh, with uh, Michelle Heaton, Dane Bowers, and uh, Gary and Phil the handbags, which was lovely, because, you know, without her, they're nobody. It's uh, rather a shame, really. Bands we'd like to see reform, Steve. Uh, I would like to be see the Boomtown Rats, the Jam. I've heard of them. I just don't know their music. Right. Yeah, and if only T-Rex... Oh, well, of course, I know so T-Rex, yes. T-Rex. Of course. Yes, I mean, I, I, tr- I, I also... I wonder what they would be looking like if Mark Bolan was still with us. You know, what sort of music would they be turning yeah, out Yeah, that's the point, because obviously they couldn't reform, really, could they? No. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, one here, and... Uh, oh, Steps for Eurovision, says Paul. Somebody mm. started a Facebook campaign to get them to do Eurovision. No, the trouble is Eurovision, they've got to sing live. I don't think it would be possible. We've seen groups go on there and completely be annihilated... I like the fact the Eurovision used to be where unknown acts went on, not established ones. Like when Blue did it last year. I like Blue, but I didn't want to see them on Eurovision. No, I have to be honest. Even though, even I think their uh, manager said not a not a great thing to do. I like the song. Though. Yeah, the best step song is like them. Better best forgotten says Stephen Twickenham. No, I liked the old um, uh, what, who, uh, tragedy. Who was who did it originally? Bee Gees. Bee Gees. Yes. Yeah, that was not bad. Anton Deck Steve to launch. Uh, 
a singing career. Oh, please. They did it once and it was rubbish. Oh, I thought they were good. Oh, please. I thought they were... Well, I love the way that Deck... He once played a guitar once in in one of the videos and he openly admitted he only learnt three chords to make it look like he could play. Well, status quo made a career out of just playing (laughs) three chords. (laughs) I've had to think three was uh, was to excess. And Steve, I want to see the Bee Gees. I don't want to see JLS or One Direction, says Tanya. Don't worry, we shall grant your wish. Mm. We shall grant your wish. So, if you want to know more about the uh, the Burlington Arcade, you can go to uh, Westminster's uh, website, and they've got details there of the plans that are submitted. I sincerely hope they don't put them through, in, not just for the sake of the little traders in there, many of whom have been there for donkeys' but for years, history. but for history's sake. I would, I would like to think that Boris... And, and Westminster would want to preserve something Regency and something so iconic. I can't believe it's not listed. Surely something like that would Well, be I don't know. But, the, uh, but w- what they do, they want to rip, rip out the central lighting. In its place, three modern stainless steel installations. I mean, it sounds ghastly. Why do they want to change things? Mm. What's the matter when something so... And also owned by people from not this country, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's like somebody coming in and saying the Japanese have just bought Buckingham Palace. I'd be equally horrified. They haven't, have they? Just in case. <laughs> so, uh, good luck, Daniel. And uh, he's, he's got uh, his silver shop in there. I think I've seen it. In fact, I'm pretty certain because I've been I think into... I'll be walking through Burlington Arcade very shortly. I think you will be. I think I will be. I think you should look out for Daniel's shop. I think I'll go and look at it and take a photograph and send it to you. Yes, that yes. would be a very nice thing to do. And that's what I shall do. Yes, because it's different you know, when you're fighting planners and all the rest of it. It's not, uh, not easy. Uh, Alan, thank you very much indeed. You are more than welcome, Steve. It's Alan Dodgen. It's always a pleasure to see him. Never a chore on this programme. Never a chore. Uh, tomorrow we'll do it again. From fi- It's Friday tomorrow. We finally made the weekend, and mm. it's getting colder and colder and colder, I have to tell you. And uh, if you go to the LBC website, I in- instruct people to go every day just to see what new things we've got on there. And uh, we've nearly firmed up the advent calendar for this year, so I'm very much looking forward to that. 24 different costumes they're going to try and get me into. It'll be a miracle if it happens, ladies and gentlemen, with the help of angels and our friend Mark up there. So, back tomorrow morning with you from 5 till 7. Don't forget to download the programme later, please. Take it on holiday. Tell your friends, LBC 97.3. Nick and the team with you after the news at 7. Before that, it's the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after... At 7 o'clock on Thursday, October the 20th, clamping down on knife crime and trying to sort out the problems that mean some young people are not being adequately dealt with by the courts. We'll be speaking to an MP who's leading the charge on that. In other news, the delayed vote on Europe now will be brought forward because it is reported that David Cameron is nervous about a backbench revolt. Just how true is that possibility? Our regular look at the world of finance... Is it time, as Basildon now possibly comes to an end, to put all those riot cops in their buses and bring them up to St Paul's? There's a change of tack there where the church says it's actually time for them to move on. Plus... After 14 years, it's the end of an era for Westlife. It's all after the news. Digital Radio, London's 